grand fanfare welcome to our podcast, Keeping Up With The Windsors, dedicated to the royal family. Each episode will be crammed to the rafters with opinions, news and commentary on the comings and goings of the family of Windsor. With your hosts and royal fangirls, Rachel Andrews and Michelle Thole. So grab yourself a cuppa, straighten up your tiara, shine your knighthood, round up your corgis and and let's keep up with the Windsors. Hello and welcome to today's episode. My name is Michelle. And I'm Rachel. And thank you so much for joining us here on Keeping Up With The Windsors. It's been absolutely boiling here in the UK. Have you been enjoying the weather, Rach? It's hotter than hell. (laughs) (laughs) I love it being really, really hot here, actually. In the UK, when it's hot, it's really really bad because we don't have any air conditioning in our homes and also our homes are designed to keep the heat in not to expel the heat out so it's just yeah it's like a furnace isn't it way too hot um, but yeah we're soldier free <laughs> yeah and uh, Rachel and I went to London again this weekend didn't we I know we're going there quite a lot actually haven't we <laughs> yeah we actually went to Fortnum and Mason and it was the first time I've ever been there yeah, I really enjoy Fortnum and Mason. Like, we didn't buy anything, did we? But it's nice just to have a look around. And if you're ever in London, it's definitely um, like a touristy place. You can, you know, buy a bag, buy a pot of tea, buy some sweets. Go up and have afternoon tea on the fourth yeah. floor. Which we found out was yeah. quite expensive, really, for a shop, didn't we? Yeah. What did they say, £62.50? I think it was £68.50. Wow. Well, that was at time of recording, by the way. But if you're listening to this in the future, it might be more. But anyway, (laughs) it was a lovely day. It was very, very hot. And we found some amazing things in London that we have never seen before. And we will be showing you on Instagram over the next coming weeks of all our little finds, all our royal and historical finds within London. So if you are not following us on Instagram, why not get on over there? It's at Keeping Up With The Windsor's Pod. And if you're listening to this right now on Spotify, on iTunes, on Google Play, or wherever you listen to podcasts, thank you so much for being here. Please spread the word. We would love to extend our podcast as far and wide as we possibly can. So please share on your socials, like, subscribe, and leave us a review on iTunes. And that is actually one of the main things I want to say today. Can you please leave us a five-star review? We would love you forever. So thank you very much. Let's move on to the Royal Roundup for this week. Princess Beatrice and her husband Edo celebrated their first year of marriage with a really sweet message from Edo on their socials. And he said, I can't believe it's been a year. Every second of every day since has been so full of joy, happiness, laughter and love. You are the kindest, loveliest and most beautiful person in the world. Thank you, my darling, for every second. Aww. Aww, don't we just love Edo? Oh, that was lovely. How romantic. <laughs> yeah, I mean, come on, Phil, you've got to up your game, mate. <laughs> love it love it (laughs) Um, she had a covid wedding they got married um, in a very small intimate setting in windsor last year and you loved beatrice's dress and it was just one of those things all of a sudden it was like she got married yeah she looked stunning didn't she and i think what was um really nice was that the duke of edinburgh got to be there 
and she has that lasting memory of him being at her wedding as well so I think that was a really nice touch for him to be there on the day I couldn't agree with you more a year's gone so quickly it's probably because we've been locked indoors and doing all the pandemic stuff and all of a sudden a year's gone by but a massive uh congratulations for a year of marriage for Ido and Beatrice now we also this week had a rare nod to an engagement from the Duke of Gloucester, which um, was on the Royal um, Twitter this week. And he was at the British Army Infantry Training Centre in Catterick. Now, he is a Royal Colonel of the Six Rifles and the centre was celebrating its 25th anniversary and the Duke watched a passing out parade. And I thought I'd put this into the Royal Roundup this week because we don't hear much from the Duke of Gloucester. I'm sure he's got loads of royal engagements, but it was lovely to hear of an engagement this week. We were treated to a video of Her Majesty the Queen on a Zoom call with young leaders to the Queen's Commonwealth Trust. And the Young Leaders Programme supports exceptional young people from every Commonwealth nation. Did you manage to see the full video on YouTube of this call, Rach? No, I've not seen I've not seen it yet. No. Oh, it was honestly. I would highly suggest anyone to go and watch the full video. The young leaders who uh, Her Majesty spoke to were absolutely inspirational. Honestly, I cannot even like fathom the amount of dedication and loyalty to each of their causes. I think there was five young leaders in total. Definitely go over because I'm not even giving them justice how amazing what they've been doing social enterprise wise and community wise. It's just remarkable. And it was wonderful to hear them on this Zoom call with Her Majesty. The Duchess of Cornwall celebrated her 74th birthday this week with many congratulations for, from the royal family on their socials. And we will be covering Charles and Camilla's trip to Devon and Cornwall later on in the royal news. We sure will. We've had so much on the royal socials about the Princess Royal this week. Yay! You know I love Princess Royal News. Finally, finally. I know, I know. She, she doesn't make it onto the Instagram, it's just the Twitter. <laughs> I know, I don't know why that is. Like, get it on to... I, actually, she was on the Instagram talking about the Olympics, which I'll get to in a second. So I'm going to take a very deep breath, because here we go with the Princess Royal's engagements. All right, so let's start with Monday, where she opened Magpie Centre Sensory Garden at the West Norfolk Riding for the Disabled Association. And after she visited a new club bungalow at the Royal Yachting Association at Snettingham Beach. On Tuesday, she attended a memorial service at Norwich Cathedral Close in memory of 97 soldiers who lost their lives in a massacre at La Paradise, France in 1940. Not only that, but on Wednesday, she was in Plymouth officially reopening the box, a museum with its new British Naval Figureheads exhibition. On Thursday, as patron of Aerospace Bristol, she opened their new Conservation and Action Workshop. On Friday, she attended the 149th Open Championship at the Royal St. George's Golf Club in Kent. And she watched the golf and she also spoke to junior players while she was there. And then we had the video of her sending well wishes to Team GB as they headed to the Olympics in Tokyo this week. And she is president of the British Olympic Association and a member of the International Olympic Committee. And so she's been to so many Olympic Games over the years. She was the first royal family member to compete in the Olympic Games back in 1976 in Montreal. She competed in the equestrian three-day event ride in the Queen's Horse, Goodwill, 
And then her daughter, Zara, competed in the same event in the 2012 Games and won a team silver medal, which the Princess Royal awarded to her. And she was actually instrumental in the successful bid to host the 2012 Games in London and accepted the Olympic flame in Athens on behalf of London. (sighs) Deep breath. I know! Go on, the Princess Royal! We love you, girl! I mean... (laughs) It's great that we're hearing all of this because we don't normally hear a lot from Anne, which we've said before, it's probably like her way. She just gets on with the job. But I'm glad that she's getting recognition that she actually deserves. Mm. And yeah, and I'm very excited for the Olympics this week. Oh, I'm so, I I love the Olympics. I love the Olympics. A couple of episodes ago, I said I'm not a massive fan of sport, but I am a massive fan of the Olympics. I will watch anything, whatever is on, I will watch it. Just the dedication and the commitment it takes to even just be at the Olympics it deserves my attention. I think it's just a fabulous coming together as well of countries. Yeah, that's what I was going to say, actually. I love the way that people just come together. Like, it's not like if you listen to last week's episode, we were talking about the hooliganism of the football. You don't really get that in the Olympics. It's it's one of those, I think it's because it's so many different sports under one umbrella that come together. And these athletes have, have been preparing for four years to get to that moment in time. Yeah, and unfortunately for these Olympians, it's actually five years because they've had to wait an extra year. So The Countess of Wessex was in Portsmouth to visit the refit of the destroyer HMS Daring. And she is actually the sponsor of the ship that launched in 2006. And out of all the ships that I've heard, I love this name, HMS Daring. I'm like, yes! Sophie was also with the Duke of Kent at Brockwood Military Cemetery to pay tribute to all the fallen Commonwealth service personnel. They toured the cemetery and viewed a stonemasonry demonstration. What's a stonemasonry demonstration, Michelle? So stonemasonry is specifically people who carve stone. So if you've ever seen stonework, like for instance in St. Paul's Cathedral, that would all be done by stonemasons. Yeah. And then Sophie and Edward were at the British Grand Prix at Silverstone this week and they stopped for a chat with Lando Norris and thanked the McLaren team for supporting the Duke of Edinburgh Do It For Youth initiative. That was nice of them to uh, just rock up at the, the Grand Prix. Yeah, it's not um, somewhere I can imagine Prince Edward going normally. <laughs> yeah, and do you know what? When I was looking into this today, um, I was seeing the ages of Sophie and Edward and you know what I think they're 56 and 57 respectively and they look so good for yeah. their age that's what wealth does for you <laughs> then moving on to the Cambridges William chatted to boxer Lauren Price who will be representing Great Britain at the Tokyo Olympics this week and this was really a great video to see because he actually presented her with a birthday cake yeah and Lauren Price is actually from Wales and uh, I watched their YouTube video And what was lovely was she's actually really, really, really good at sport, meaning she started at uh, at football. She's represented Wales in uh, women's football. She's also a world championship kickboxer. And because kickboxing isn't a sport within the Olympics, she then decided to change from kickboxing into boxing. And that's how she's representing Great Britain. So she is like an amazing athlete so we wish her all the best lauren go and get it for team gb i'm so excited to cheer her on and we had the announcement of an upcoming book release earthshot prize how to save our planet in which william has written the foreword and it is actually available to pre-order now 
And we'll be talking about another book in the Royal News. <laughs> we will be talking about another book release in the Royal News. It's got to be quite interesting to hear what William has to say about how to save our planet with everything that he's done. And, and obviously we've got the Earthshot Prize Awards coming in October as well. So I think this will be a nice synergy between the book release and the awards. And today, as we record this episode, we would love to extend the biggest happy birthday to Prince George, who turned eight today. And we had an amazing pick taken from the Duchess of Cambridge to celebrate. Oh, happy birthday, George. Happy birthday. And this picture, he just looks like William's mini-me. Absolutely does, doesn't he? He has got the Windsor gene in him, most definitely. Mm. And I've said this before on the podcast, it's wonderful that the Duchess takes these pictures because she's getting the true essence of the prince's personality and if it was from somebody else an outsider they'd have an amazing picture but we would just see an amazing picture of the prince rather than the amazing picture of the prince in a moment of his life and it really feels like we're having a real snapshot of the prince and what was really lovely about the picture he was on a Land Rover and uh, he was on, on the bonnet of a Land Rover shall I say and that was you know kind of like a nice little nod to the Duke of Edinburgh yeah and I I just remember I still remember the day that he was born I remember the whole nation was just so excited and at the time and obviously I love Prince George but I really wanted him to be a girl because it was the first time that the line of succession had changed so that if it was a girl then she would automatically become queen so I'm asking you now, the listener, where were you when you heard about Prince George being born? It was a massive thing. I remember where I was. I was, as always, when I think about things in Royals, I'm always in TGI Fridays in Leicester Square. <laughs> I was always working <laughs> to pay my London rent. Um, I was working in the restaurant and I remember taking an order and my friend came over and she whispered in my ear, she's had a boy. And I was like, ah! And I was like, um, excuse me, I, I need to just uh, check on something. I'll be straight back. <laughs> and I ran out the, at the back and I looked on my phone and I was like, ah! I remember watching, I think I was probably at work and I remember getting home and watching the TV because it was like, right, they're going to come out of the Lindo ring soon. We're going to see the first shots of him. And at that point, we didn't actually know his name. It wasn't until a few days later that they announced the full name. And it was kind of like, come on, when are they coming out? When are they coming out? And the doors opened and I was just like, oh my God. Bravo to Kate though. Bravo. When you, when you see the photos from say William and Kate's side, what they were seeing, it was just masses of photographers and people, crowds. That was, that must've been intense Mm. moment. And I, I don't know whether it's actually quite humane to ask a woman who's just given birth uh, for her to then um what's the word to turn up and you know look amazing everyone's like oh she's still got a baby bump of course she's still got a baby bump she's <laughs> just come out of her body I don't understand what people's th- minds go to like this woman should be resting I don't understand it I don't understand so yeah I ugh, it just it just drove me crazy I yeah. actually do not like that protocol I do not like it at all. I think it's very inhumane for a lady who's just given birth to then have to just get suited and booted and provide a child to the world. No, let her just chillax. But it's a royal birth and it's the future king of England, isn't it? So it's it's always going to be one of those things, I think. Mm. Yeah, do you know what, though? I think the way in which um, Harry and Meghan uh, did it with Archie was so much better. 
Like we don't really need to see him on the day of his birth, you know? Um, and another thing is she had such a hard pregnancy. She had um, morning, like a severe morning sickness. Give the lady a break. <laughs> that's what I think. <laughs> All right. So that's it with the Royal Roundup. Let's move on to another controversial week with the Royal News. Let's do this. <laughs> Oh, Harry, Harry, Harry. Harry, <laughs> Harry, Harry. I swear, whenever I see like a headline with Prince Harry's name in, I'm, I'm always like, oh, what's he done now? What's he said now? Okay, so let's start from the top. This week we found out that Prince Harry will publish a literary memoir with Penguin Random House globally and it's due for release in late 2022. Now, I've taken this from the Penguin Random House website and they featured the news alongside these words. Penguin Random House is honoured to announce that it will publish a forthcoming memoir by Prince Harry, the Duke of Sussex. It's an intimate and heartfelt memoir from one of the most fascinating and influential global figures of our time. Prince Harry will share, for the first time, the definitive account of the experiences, adventures, losses and life lessons have helped shape him covering his lifetime in the public eye from childhood to the present day including his dedication to service the military duty that twice took him to the front lines of Afghanistan and the joy he has found in being a husband and father Prince Harry will offer an honest and captivating personal portrait one that shows readers that behind everything they think they know lies an inspiring courageous and uplifting human story so that's what penguin random house has said and then we had a statement from harry and do you want to read this rach so the statement from prince harry said i'm writing this not as the prince i was born but as the man i have become i've worn many hats over the years both literally and figuratively and my hope is that in telling you my story the highs and lows the mistakes, the lessons learned, I can help show that no matter where we come from, we have more in common than we think. I'm deeply grateful for the opportunity to share what I've learned over the course of my life so far and excited for people to read a first-hand account of my life that's accurate and hopefully truthful. Yeah, and the book will be published in print and digital formats in the US, Canada and the UK. And other publishing territories will be announced later. They haven't announced them just yet. There'll also be an audiobook version and Prince Harry will be donating proceeds to charity of which charity and how much of the proceeds we have no clue yet, but I'm sure as we go along, we'll hear more of this. Okay. So that's what they've said. Rachel, what do you think about this? Oh, so going to be totally honest. My first reaction was I've heard it all now. I've literally <laughs> heard it all now. What more is this man going to say to drag his family through the mud? What more can he say? I was just like, really? And the different people that I've spoke to, family members and friends, a lot of people have been like, I'm not reading it. I'm not giving him, I'm not giving him the satisfaction of getting my money from me. Mm. <laughs> what was your reaction? I was like, I'm not surprised. I'm not surprised at all. Um, I think, you know, we know that he's going to be financially independent and being financially independent means he's going to have to do things that is going to bring money in. Or how can I put this? The only way you can be financially independent is to still be within the public eye because it's the public that pay him to be financially independent. 
So it wasn't a surprise whatsoever that he was going to do this. We also have to take a step back and think, Diana did a book with Andrew Morton. We've had Sarah Ferguson do a tell-all book. So although he's like the first official member of the royal family, not somebody who's come into the royal family to do a book, I think it's hypocritical, 100%, because you can't on one hand uh, want in don't want intrusion from the press, and then on the other hand, tell them everything you know. But then also I think to myself, well, what else has he got? He's got this very unique standpoint. Mm-hmm. I I don't know. I've got to say this, and I'm going to say this controversially because I know how you feel, right? But I will buy it. I will buy it, and I will read it, and I will listen to Harry. I'm actually very interested in him. I really like Harry, and it'll be quite interesting to hear his side. I think he even made the point that so many people have said his point of view from other people's mouths, you know, all these books from people who've never probably met him for 15 minutes and then writes a full book on him so why shouldn't he be able to tell his story anyone can but not when you're not when you're then saying I don't want this press intrusion I think wouldn't it have been more respectful wouldn't it have been more of a um finger up to the royal family for him just to go out and live his life yeah for him to go out and just enjoy it but he's also going to have a ghostwriter. So he's not writing the book. The ghostwriter is J.R. Moringer. And he actually is a Pulitzer Prize winning writer and a former Los Angeles Times journalist. To me, the timing of this is all wrong. Why release a book in the same year that the Queen is celebrating her Platinum Jubilee? The Queen has given her life for over 70 years to the duty and service of being the monarch. And it's like he's trying to eclipse all the good that the monarchy does. I think it's just so disrespectful. And I feel like it's his way of trying to take the monarchy down. And me personally, I feel like at this point, I don't even want to see him at the Jubilee next year. I don't want to see Meghan. I don't want to see Harry. I just don't want to see them. Why, you know, why are you going to be celebrating being part of this institution when you're slating them every five minutes, you know? Mm. I think it's a very good PR um, positioning to have it at the end of the Jubilee. So we've got all this triumph and, and, and wonderfulness of the summer of the Queen's Platinum Jubilee. And then there's going to be like this big black cloud hanging over them. What's Harry going to say? So it's not the first time that the the royal family have had to deal with a very controversial tell-all. So I think they probably will be primed and ready to alleviate anything that comes out. Or maybe not. You know, we just don't know. But I think it's very strategic, the timing of the book. Okay, so question is, should they be stripped of their Duke and Duchess titles moving forward? Because... Um, I think it, it, it actually says something that he's he says, I'm writing this not as a prince I was born, but as the man I have become by Prince Harry, the Duke of Sussex. Again, I think it's just it's just hip, hypocritical, isn't it? And it's like, do you remember when they first like Mexit first happened? They He was at an event and I think someone um, introduced him as Prince Harry and he was like, oh, I'm just Harry. No, you're not. You're Prince Harry. You know, you're never getting away from Prince Harry. Maybe that's what the book is going to be called. Just Harry. 
at this point, I don't think he has the right or they deserve the titles that they have been given by the Queen. Mm -hmm. I don't think they deserve them. I don't think the Queen will revoke their titles because it was a gift for their wedding. Yeah, and I think that the Queen has, like I say, it's an offering to them. But, I mean, you're not supposed to be benefiting from your titles. And this does feel like he's benefiting from his titles. Another thing I want to say about this is I think, I hate to say it, I'm going to say it, dear listener. I'm really sorry, but I'm just going to say it. We know the Queen is a very elderly age. And Prince Charles and Camilla could potentially become king and queen consort at any point in the near future. And I think Prince Charles and Camilla have a very hard job with winning over the public. A lot of people even state they want uh, William and Catherine to become uh, queen and uh, king and queen before them. And I think this book might potentially be very damaging towards their, you know, towards uh, Prince Charles and, and Camilla. And that is not going to be helpful shall we say moving forward with them taking on the king and queen consort role in the future yeah that's very true and I think another thing I've seen a lot of people say this over the last week again with the timing is like you've just said the queen is elderly but you know so Charles and Camilla they're in their 70s you know they're not they're not spring chickens anymore yeah why I get I understand why he's doing it now because He's jumping on the bandwagon of his own success because obviously the last year, you know, in terms of royal community, you know, Harry's like obviously being such a sore spot for a lot of people. I just feel like if he's going to do it, he should wait until, I hate to say it, but until the Queen passes or Prince Charles passes because it's just so damaging and so hurtful to them, not just as, you know, a prince or a future king or a queen, but them as a grandmother, as a father. And this just feels like there's no going back now. The relationship is beyond repair. That's who I feel sorry for. I feel sorry for the actual family members themselves, not as a king or a queen, but as, you know, the father and the grandmother. Um, Yeah, I mean, everyone has the right to tell their story. I think it's how you tell your story and when you tell your story is going to be the the main thing that that shows your integrity and your values at the moment we've also had talk this week that harry wants to come and christen lilibet at windsor and then the book announcement came out so there's going to be lots of different opinions different views we shall see i mean only time will tell with this and you know what? He might actually just stay on his in his own lane and just tell his life as it is. We know he was not the most academic person. We know that he was wanting to be in the army. I think as most of the stuff he's going to tell us, we're not going to be shocked at because we already know. Is he? But is he going to bring things up from his past, like his partying days? Is he going to bring out the fact that he dressed as a Nazi at a party once? You know, yeah. it's things like that that a lot of people are going to want to hear about in the book but is he going to tell that side or is it just going to be a bashing of the institution and are we going to come out of this reading this book thinking I see a different side of Harry now or are we just going to be like you're just a whiny little prince (laughs) yeah I I to be honest I think the ghostwriter will do 
a really good job with making sure that we feel um happy for him now he's out of the royal family and I do feel happy for him now he's out of the royal family because that's what he wants that's what he wants and but he's got a job just go and live your life you know but the thing is this is what's annoying I'm getting angry just thinking about it but his job is being a prince that's the role he was born into. That's how he makes his money. That's how he's always made his money is from his title. It's from his family. It's from his position in life. And if you took the titles away, if he was just mm. normal Harry Windsor, we wouldn't be talking about him. I mean, I'd still talk about him. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so I think summing up and wrapping up from this, I feel very conflicted because I support Harry and Meghan in in America. I support them having their life, doing their thing and going out on their own and uh, leaving the institution behind. Good for them. But I also think you cannot, and like I say, this is where I'm conflicted because you cannot on the one hand say, I can't deal with the press intrusion or they're really unfair or they're racist, which they are, you know, but then use the press to publicize their truth and their their life just leave it alone why get into bed with the press just leave it leave it be but as you said he's a prince he's making his money that way so I've got no answers I'm really conflicted by it I will I will buy the book though I will and I will read it and I really do like Harry but I also disagree with what he's doing (laughs) I find so hard I'm oh Rachel and I think Michelle, I mean, Michelle knows my opinion. I used to love Harry. I I used to absolutely love him. But now I've just, I've just had enough of him, to be fair. I just, I just can't be bothered with him anymore. I just don't like the drama that he causes. Yeah, that's my honest opinion. I'm not going to buy the book. I'm not giving him my money. Will I read it? No. Will I hear about it from other people? Well, I'll, yes. I'll tell you all and about it. it. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> We, we actually put up a poll on our Instagram and we asked you if you were going to read or buy the book and 68% of you said you were not going to read it. Interesting. That's really, really interesting. So let us know in the comments over on our Instagram at Keeping Up With Windsor's Pod your thoughts on Harry's book. So now moving on to a happier, lighter note to finish off this week's episode, we have Charles and Camilla on their annual three-day visit to Devon and Cornwall. I was going to say, um, you know, he's the Duchy of Cornwall. Mm. Well, you know, I've been watching Poldark. <laughs> I can't call him the Duchy of Cornwall anymore. I've got to call him the Duchy of Poldark. It's <laughs> the way it goes. Truro! <laughs> Make haste! Their first stop was to the beautiful Exeter Cathedral, founded in 1050, and the cathedral is home to what is thought to be the oldest surviving book of literature, and here they met community groups, including the Devon Wildlife Trust, Park Life Heavitry, and Exeter City Community Trust. Charles then met the Devon Nursing Cadets, where he officially launched the Prince of Wales Nursing Cadet Scheme in England. And Camilla met Tasha and Barney Green, who, whilst travelling in India, saw the extent of plastic pollution, which led them to create Weaver Green, which has recycled 160 million plastic bottles. Wow. That is a lot of plastic bottles. That is a lot of plastic bottles. I've never been to Devon or Cornwall. I really want to go. (laughs) Well, I've been to Devon on a meditation retreat for a week, and it was beautiful. 
and I've never been to Poldark so I really really want to go <laughs> I've never yeah I've never been to Cornwall but absolutely beautiful I think to be honest I'm gonna actually go out go out there and just say it I think it's one of the most beautiful places in Britain it looks stunning doesn't it mm. we then saw them celebrate the anniversary of the Prince's Countryside Fund which empowers family farms and rural communities to ensure their future and over 300 community organisations have benefited from the programme since it started, which is just incredible. Yeah, it really is. And again, we've said before, on since doing this podcast, found out about so many different organisations and charities that Prince Charles and the Duchess of Cornwall support. And I'm here for it. I'm loving it. Yeah, absolutely. Day two, they visited the Isle of Scilly somewhere I really want to go as it looks so picturesque oh it looks amazing Uh, amazing especially this time of year in this weather looks brilliant and this has been part of the Duchy of Cornwall since the 14th century wow 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 so if if I know we might have mentioned the Duchy before but for those who don't know what the Duchy of Cornwall is can you give us a quick little synopsis of what the Duchy of Cornwall is Rach So the Duchy of Cornwall was the first duchy created in England and was established by a royal charter in 1337. So Prince Charles is the current Duke of Cornwall. Although it's weird calling him the Duke of Cornwall, isn't it? I never refer to him as that. Yeah, it is. But yeah, it's basically inherited pieces of land and property. um, And that's how he makes his private money is from owning a part of this um, piece of land in Cornwall. That's right. So um, the Prince Charles owns the Duchy of Cornwall. The Queen owns the Duchy of Lancaster. What's been wonderful to see from this trip is Camilla and Charles's interaction with children. There's been loads of interaction with children on this trip, hasn't there? Yeah. And there were some lovely videos of kids giving Charles a tour of their school fruit and veg patch. And it just looks so natural with mm. kids. Like, and it just makes you think how they must be as grandparents. Yeah. Yeah, uh, yeah there was um, the way in which he, there was three little children talking. There was one little boy who was like very confident talking to the prince. There was a little tiny girl and she was just like waiting her turn to speak. And then he, you could tell his emotional intelligence is so good because he just allowed the little boy to have a chat. And then he was like, and he said to the little girl, so what's happening over here? And then she was able to have, have a little bit so she didn't feel left out. And I was like, oh my God, that's so sweet. It really is sweet. And one thing to note for me, I have to say, is I was very scared about Prince Charles not wearing a hat. It was very sunny. I'm worried about his skin. I'm worried about um, sunburn. I'm sure he had Factor 50 on, but I was like, please get a hat on. Yeah, because um, even Camilla was sporting a parasol, wasn't she? It was very Victorian of her. Did you see that parasol? Loved it. Oh, I mean, we need to bring we need to bring back the cravats and now a parasol. Yeah, I mean, you know what you're getting for your birthday now? (laughs) The good old Victorian parasol. Their final day saw them in North Devon and Camilla visited Little Bridge House, which is a hospice that has been caring for children with life limited conditions for 30 years. She planted a tree with the help of Sammy, who is one of the residents. Tree believe! It's a tree believe! And she actually actually said to Sammy, we have to tap the tree for good luck. And then she said, good luck tree! Good luck tree! Yes! 
So all in all, another fantastic trip from Charles and Camilla, meeting the local community and organisations with the stunning Devon and Cornwall landscape as the backdrop. And what I love about when they're in Devon and Cornwall is they just know so many locals because actually they're landlords of loads of the people that live there, especially with the farms and um, communities. So they're very hands-on and people are very tactile when they come to to see them. And I loved seeing this. It's it's a very stark difference from maybe if you've got a crowd behind a, like um, a barricade, they're very like, there I, I don't know how else to say it but I also love watching Camilla stirring some fudge did you see that oh, yeah. she was going for it she's like oh it's very very hot I was like wow you go for it stirring that fudge I could have just stuck my face in it I probably would have burnt myself but you know what I mean <laughs> <laughs> yeah I just again these people are in their 70s we, I think we kind of forget that sometimes because we see the queen and she's 95 so we think wow that's old but 70s that's still quite old for them to be out every single day doing engagements working day in day out it's just incredible and um I just really root for them yeah well it says that um Prince Charles does over 600 engagements in the year and if they were here in the UK they would actually be retired if they were working you know normal people shall we say they would actually be retired so it is remarkable it really is And yeah, planting trees and, you know, stirring fudge. They've got it going on. Unveiling plaques. Oh, and he had a pint, didn't he? Didn't he? I saw him have a pint. (laughs) Bottoms up. (laughs) Bottoms up. He has to have a pint wherever he goes. (laughs) Yeah. Well, a different one. No, I mean, it was was such a lovely um, couple of days. What was it? Three days, wasn't it? Three days, yeah. And also in Exeter Cathedral, that book is so old, you'd be scared to touch it, wouldn't you? You're scared it was going to like disintegrate in your hands. Yeah. Oh, I mean, they don't make them like they did in the old days now. It just it breaks after six months. <laughs> uh, okay, so we have finished the Royal News. Thank you so much for being here. If you want to become part of the Royal community, why not leave us a five-star review and come on over to Instagram where we are there every day talking about the Royals, doing our thing, posting, 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 polls and engagements and all that type of thing. So over to Keeping Up With The Winters pod on Instagram. And I want to give a massive shout out to the world community who are listening in California right now. Thank you so much for being here. Thank you so much for listening. We have such dedicated members of the world community in California. And I just want to extend the thanks and say thank you so much for listening to our pod. And yeah, and to everyone in the world community, thank you so much for being here. So with that being said, we will see you next week on Keeping Up With The Winters. Thank you.